Welcome to Stuff from the Science Lab from HowStuffWorks.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is Allison Lattermilk, the science editor at HowStuffWorks.com. And this is Robert Lamb, science writer at HowStuffWorks.com. So, Allison, have you seen the movie Phantasm? I've not seen it. It's a 1970s flick, right? Yeah, horror flick. You, you haven't seen it. I have not, but you have mentioned okay. it before. All right. Well, okay. It's awesome. It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's horrible, but it's awesome. It's um, the basic plot line here is uh, you have um, uh, a mortuary where some funny things are happening. There are silver balls flying around, uh, stabbing people in the head. Uh, and there are these dwarves running around in these little, you know, like, I think they're yellow, little yellow robes. Okay. Okay. Like evil dwarves. Okay. Right. And, um, uh, you, you come to find out that all of this basically has to do with gravity. There's a really tall man, like a scary old man. that's really tall. Okay. And it turns out he's from another planet. Okay. Where the gravity is more intense, like a larger world. Okay. So that's why he's taller when he comes to this world. I okay? see. And the, the, the deal with the dwarves, he's taking corpses and smooshing them down, making them more compact and bringing them back to life as zombies and then sending them to this other world uh, to be like slaves. All right? Uh-huh. So dwarves are being used as, as – as zombies, dwarves are being used as slave labor on another world where there's more gravity. And this th- – so this all occurs thanks to gravity. Yes, like it, like for me anyway, as a, as a kid, you know, it's like, you know, gravity's there, great, but I never think about it. But then somebody comes along and shows me how gravities affect, uh, you know, uh, zombie dwarves, and uh, and it it really, you know, underlined. That resonated with you? Yeah, it really resonated with me and underlined how amazing gravity is. I mean, um, like, like I said, we take it for granted because it's everywhere. Because every, pretty much every physical act on the planet. Um, involves gravity in some way or another. Sure. Yes. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to, we're going to basically talk about, uh, four examples, um, of technologies that utilize gravity in a way that highlight just how amazing it is. But of course, to do that, we need to talk briefly about, about gravity itself. Now we have an excellent article on howstuffworks.com about this. Um, and, uh, I recommend checking that out if you want uh, more details. But basically, <clears throat> two schools have, of thought, right? Two schools of thought. There's uh, there's Newton, Newton's uh, a theory of universal gravitation from back in the, the 1680s, and uh, this is the idea: that gravity is a predictable force that acts on all matter in the universe, and it's a function of both mass and distance. Okay. All right. Basically, each particle of matter attracts every other particle of matter. All right. Whether we're talking about a grape or a massive sun. Okay. Whether we're talking about a spaceship or, I don't know, a dog. Everything has gravity. All right. And if ever, and if the only two things you had in the universe were a dog and a spaceship, they would each have a great gravitational pull and they would be drawn to each other. Okay. Okay. Um, oh, go ahead. And then along comes Einstein. Yes. Along comes Einstein and he says, phooey to this uh, whole dog and spaceship uh, business. And he says that uh, he says that gravity isn't even a force, all right? He's uh, he's seeing it uh, more as uh, a distortion in the shape of space-time, all right? As the uh, you know, a, distor- a distortion in the fourth dimension. And in Einstein's uh, footsteps, you have um, some more modern theories as well. 
okay, that are, are less, even, even less proven. Uh, there's the idea that, um, that gravity is due to little, uh, particles called gravitons that, uh, that cause objects to be attracted to one another. And there's another theory that, uh, there's gravitational radiation, um, which, uh, which is supposedly, the idea is that gravitational radiation is generated when an object is accelerated by an external force. Basically, the idea here is that gravity is, is awesome in every day. It's mysterious. Um, Basically, the idea here that is that as every day as gravity is, there's a lot we don't know. About there's a it. lot we don't know about it. It's still kind of a, a mystery in many ways. All right, so with that, let's kick it off with four cool things that gravity can do for you. Yeah, what do you got? What can gravity do for you? Well, if you listen to our Fighting Asteroids podcast, we touched on this briefly, but um, gravity can actually uh, could save the Earth from being destroyed by some crazy space rock. And Always good. Yeah, I like this. Um, so this thing is called a gravity tractor, and uh, I'm not talking about the the Grateful Dead cover band that seems to be located in upstate New York of the same name. No, this gravity tractor actually um, might have a might have a chance of being built, um, according to the BBC. There's this British company by the name of EADS Astrium that uh, they finally started taking concrete steps to make the grav tractor reality. So what's the grav tractor going to do? Well. It's a robotic spacecraft, uh, weighing roughly 10 tons or so. And it has a, it has a particularly daunting task once it's launched into space. It has to get within 48 meters, so roughly 150 feet of the space rock in question. And once it gets within that range, it has to pull the rock toward it. And the two of them march happily off on a path that's not, uh, gonna coincide with the Earth. And now in theory, though, it could also, um, if you had a New York area jam band floating in space, it could also <laughs> use its uh, immense gravity to uh, to pull them aside as well, right? Right, and I think if you uh, pull the string cheese incident on there, I mean, it could just do crazy wonders <laughs> with uh, space rocks headed our way. Um, and the other tricky thing about the tractor is it's going to be have to launch. Uh, the other tricky thing about the tractor is that it has to be launched 15 years ahead of time. So we're kind of we're kind of stuck. If this is what we're relying on right now. So gravity, it can. Uh, it can save you from a space rock someday, perhaps. What else can it do out in space? Well, uh, gravity can also help you uh, fire a spaceship to some distant corner of the solar system. I like the way that sounds. Yeah. This is uh, something we call gravity assist. Uh, sometimes you see it referred to as a gravity slingshot, but that's a little misleading. Uh, so just think of it as gravity assist. I will. All right. And to, and to understand this, you need to think of the solar system in terms of the sun's gravity well. Okay. Imagine a bathtub, all right? It's filled with water, and it has a, a little boat in it, okay? You pull the drain. Okay. And the water begins to uh, to, to go to, to leave the uh, the bathtub uh, in the form of a whirlpool. The little boat is going to be pulled towards the whirlpool. Yes. All right. In this scenario, the sun is the whirlpool. It's the object of the most mass, and it has the most gravitational pull. And the toy boat is the spacecraft. Right. And it's going if, to if, – if the little toy boat is moving towards the whirlpool, it's going to go faster. To move away from the whirlpool, it has to work harder, and it's going slower, okay? That's basically the gravity well. So if we want to send something farther out into the gravity well, uh, out to one of the outer planets, okay. um, we need to uh, we need a little help, all right? And, uh, and, it, and it, uh, it's more effective if we don't have to depend on, say, you know, thrusters and rockets to do all of the work. Yeah, why and, not? And take a, take advantage of an inherent force. Right. So that's where the gravity assist comes in. And this is a flyby te- technique where we can add or subtract momentum 
to increase or decrease the energy of a spacecraft's orbit. So we've used it? Yes. Um, take, for, uh, for example, Voyager 2, which launched in uh, 1977. Um, we uh, flew it by Jupiter, well, first just, you know, to see Jupiter. That was uh, one of its mission objectives. But also, um, by fly- flying by Jupiter, this provided traje- trajectory boost to shoot it towards Saturn. Uh, now, again, go back and going back to the spaceship and the dog. You know, both the, both the spaceship and the dog uh, have mass and uh, therefore have their own uh, gravitational pull. All okay. right. <clears throat> so Voyager 2 has its own gravitational pull, as does Jupiter. All right. So when the, the, the spacecraft actually tugs on Jupiter as it goes past. All right. And actually decreases the planet's orbital momentum by a tiny amount. That's very cool. tiny amount. In return, the spacecraft acquires momentum from Jupiter, except as we're talking a significant amount of momentum, and uh, and it, it shoots it off in this new trajectory. Okay, uh, the, one of the the more useful uh, analogies uh, that that you find uh, for this is imagine a kid standing next to um, a, a, a a train track. Okay, and he has a softball in his hand. Okay, the softball is a spacecraft. All right, and then. Hurtling down the the the, uh, the train track is a locomotive. All right, the locomotive is uh, Jupiter. If you were to throw the softball and hit the front of the uh, the coming train, then the softball would would veer off into another direction with the momentum of the train. See? I see what you're getting at. So it's it's very useful for uh, for shooting off any number of probes uh, into into the uh, surrounding solar system, and. Uh, a lot of people have even uh, uh, looked at uh, considered possibilities of using it uh, for the, uh, the future use of manned spa- spacecraft, being able to like use the uh, the, the sun's gravity to uh, shoot an aircraft off to a uh, not an aircraft, of using the the sun's gravitational pull to um, um, to shoot um, a spaceship off towards another system. If you've seen Star Trek or any number of science fiction properties, then you've uh, you've you've heard examples of this. So I'd say that's a cool thing. Gravity, yeah. shooting you to a distant corner of the galaxy. On a more earthly level, gravity can perhaps light your home someday. Uh-huh. And this is an idea that's been around for quite a while. Back in the 1970s, there were a bunch of fellows at the Lawrence Livermore Lab who thought we should try to harness the energy potential of gravity, courtesy of a black hole. So this is what they had in mind. You guys remember that a black hole forms when uh, this big old star is dying and it's collapsing inward, and the end result is this tiny object that's just unspeakably dense. So the gravitational force of a black hole is large, so large that not even light can escape it. I know you guys know this, but let's just reiterate it. So the idea was, according to these scientists, was, well, let's locate a black hole. We'll get it to orbit the Earth. That's See, now that that's the point, I think, where you just you cancel this plan. Like, that just sounds like the worst idea ever. Hey, let me just... Let All right, me, okay, it gets better. Okay. Okay, so you're going to get the uh, said black hole to orbit the Earth with the help of a spaceship. Okay. And once it's in permanent orbit, just, you know, kind of hanging out like black hole does, you're going to tap the power of said black hole by firing matter into it. Okay, so the whole plan is we're going to go and find the most destructive force in the universe. We're going to bring it home. Bring it closer to Earth, yes. And then we're going to feed it. Yes, yes. And then, wait, it gets better. So you know that things um, get really tiny as they're, you know, hurtling toward their on their death spiral toward a black hole. Mm-hmm. Well, all that getting tiny business generates an immense amount of energy, and um, they thought that this amount of energy could, in fact, be enough to start a fusion reaction. So 
this one, this idea of a black hole gravity thing actually never came to uh, fruition. I think probably the the first point of business was moving the black hole or actually yeah. maybe even locating the black hole and then moving black hole. So a couple, a couple of, a couple of holes in this plan. Yes, I would say so. The latest incarnation of gravity power is a lamp. It's a little bit simpler. And, and this is powered by a black hole. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, let, let me explain. It's uh, conceived of by this grad student at Virginia Tech. And I think he uh, entered his invention in some sort of 2008 green tech award. And it's a guy by the name of Clay Moulton. Well, Clay calls his lamp the the Gravia. So conceptually, here's how Clay's gravity-powered lamp works. If you picture kind of a cylinder-shaped floor lamp, maybe about five feet tall, um, now imagine that there are these like five 10-pound brass weights sitting there at the top. And um, for those of you guys who don't know what one is, it, there's a ball screw in in the uh, in the floor lamp and. What is a what is a ball screw? I had no idea before I started doing this podcast. Well, it's a it's a linear screw and um something rotates downward on it. So it's kind of like falling on the ball screw. It's moving downward on the ball screw. And as these brass weights move downward on the ball screw, the the screw rotates and the that rotational motion uh is able to spin a generator and convert the motion into electricity. So if you can't quite picture it, you can always check out the illustration. We have a good one on our um how gravity powered lamps work article. So anyway, this electricity powers 10 LED bulbs, which light up and voila, you have light. And you think, well, how long is that going to take? Cause gravity can happen relatively fast, right? Mm-hmm. You know, these falling objects might be down to the bottom of the lamp. Well, actually it takes four hours. So uh-huh. that would be a good amount of light. Well, it would get, it would work faster on the, uh, the phantasm planet with the dwarves. on. It, so. <laughs> sure would Robert. Sure would. Um, um, it's also worth noting here that, um, the hourglass is actually a gravity-powered uh, time-telling device. Yeah, and it, it seems like a, a little mm-hmm. bit of a simpler concept than mm-hmm. the uh, the gravity-powered lamp. Uh, so, also, cuckoo clocks, but uh, are are also worth considering, though they're actually powered by black holes. <laughs> so anyway, the thing with poor Clay's lamp is that the LED technology isn't quite where it needs to be, and uh, the LEDs aren't as efficient as they need to be, and so that means the weights would have to be much heavier and. That's about where we are with the gravity-powered lamp. So you cannot buy one at your uh, local lamp store. It sounds promising, though. Yes. I like the idea of, of gravity-powered electronics. Uh, well, I'll tell you another thing that uh, gravity can do for us. What? Uh, gravity can uh, help us uh, understand what's going on underneath the Earth's surface. And how many do that? Well, think of it this way. Imagine an appetizer sampler platter. Ooh. All right. Uh, you know, it's it's covered with uh, you know, like fried cheese sticks, uh, hush puppies. Uh, uh, what what are the what's the meat on the stick called? Oh, chicken satay. Yeah, chicken satay. All right, uh, all all variety of different foods. Now, something eat, light and fluffy too, right? Yeah, like uh, well, hush puppies are light and fluffy, right? Not in the south. Well, what's something light and fluffy that you get as an appetizer? Um, well, see, I think that's the thing. Most appetizers, they're so hideously unhealthy that you get them in small portions first, right? Okay, so imagine something light and fluffy yeah. in the appetizer. Like the hush puppy. Okay. But, so so you have all these different items on the plate, right? And uh, all of them have different densities, okay? Okay. Which means, and all of them have gravitational pulls, all right? And the more dense the appetizer item the more gravitational pull it has. Okay? Okay. All right. Well, our planet is basically an appetizer platter when it comes to gravity. All right? 
there um, our, our planet has is covered with uh, varying uh, uh, densities of rock. Um, you have um, you have water that's cold. You have water that's hot, and of course, there's different density there. Um, you know, you look under the earth; they're going to be they're going to be empty caverns. There are going to be um, you know blocks of solid bedrock. Uh, there's going to be uh, you know liquid magma. So gravity is going to vary according to where you are on the earth. Right. That's it, interesting because I. I guess I just think of it as such a constant, uniform thing. Yeah, yeah, we think of it more as, uh, you know, a pizza with uh, <laughs> a pizza's worth of, uh, you know, of uh, uniform gra- uh, gravitational pull. But uh, like, if you go up to Hudson, <laughs> Hudson Bay in Canada, um, the the uh, the gravity is actually less there. And it, I need to stress that it's not not less in the sense that uh, that you can go to. Uh, to Hudson Bay and uh, and feel like you lost weight. It's you right. You're not going to be able to fit in your skinny jeans, or right. Uh, the, the Earth's gravity is still pretty uniform um, all um, all across the globe, but it varies um, um, in, to a, to a slight degree um, wherever you go. All right. So um, you know, most people would say, "Well, what does what does that matter?" Right. Uh, it matters uh, when you start uh, looking into uh, fluid dynamics. All right. The ocean, for instance. Okay. Um, you have, it, it dictates um, the flow of hot and cold water, all right? It, think of it as a topography, okay? Like if you have a, a hill next to a plain, you know, water's going to flow down that hill, all right? Well, you have the same kind of topography going on uh, across the planet, except in terms of gravity, with fluids drawn towards uh, um, areas of higher gravity, okay? So uh, we're very interested in uh, finding out exactly what this, uh, this uh, secret topography looks like. Uh, we, in fact, we've launched two um, um, orbiting uh, spacecraft. There's uh, the European Space Agency's Gravity Field and Steady State Ocean Circulation Explorer. And this is up there right now? Um, yes, uh, called GOSI. Okay. Uh, that one uh, went up in 2009. And then there's NASA's Gravity Recovery and Climate Experiment. That's called GRACE. And GRACE went up in 2002. All right. GOSI's mission has been to take a picture of what this... Uh, the secret topography of gravity, which we call the geode, to take a picture of what that looks like. At what a are moment the, in time. <laughs> right, at any moment in time. Like, what are the highs? What are the lows? Uh, Grace has been looking at how the geode changes because it's always changing, too. It's not like like you can, you know, you'll be able to go here and, oh, the gravity's always going to be this, uh, especially when it comes to the ocean. And why do we care if the geode changes? Because the more we understand how the ocean transports heat and water, the more we understand how the ocean moves. And the more we understand how the ocean moves, the more we understand how the atmosphere moves. See, it's all a part of, of Earth's outer layer of fluid, all right? And that is where all our weather takes place um, and, uh, and you know, everything from, from fierce hurricanes to patterns of drought and, uh, and floods and what have you, all right? Um, so it helps us get a better understanding of global climate. Um, on a more specific uh, note, um, scientists think that we'll be able to look uh, look at changes in uh, in gravity, changes in density, to uh, to determine uh, shifts in water mass caused by uh, droughts or floods. Okay. And uh, it'll also also uh, allow us to better understand plate tectonics, uh, seismic activity. You know what's what's happening underneath um, underneath the soil uh, in the crust to uh, you know that leads to to, to earthquakes and uh, and other phenomena. And uh, and just the geologic geophysical processes that underlie the uh, the Earth. Sorry, but it's pretty. It's pretty. I'm getting a little long winded here, but it's pretty. Uh, pretty. Uh, pretty awesome, and that's why we're looking into it. So I hope we've inspired some reverence for gravity in you. Besides the 
kind of gravity that trips you up and makes you fall flat on your face. And gravity is pretty cool. Um, so now we would like to take a moment to imagine a world without gravity. Oh, we were going to talk about it or just imagine it? Because I was just going to picture it. Yeah, one thing that's really going to suck is that uh, all the atmosphere is going to drift off into space and we're not going to be able to breathe. Yeah. yeah. Also, I don't, th- I don't think our hair is going to look right. <laughs> I mean, how do you style your hair for that? That's true. I mean, what kind of products could, could combat that effect? Yeah. Um, I think that it would suck if the, the oceans boiled away and just kind of floated off into the void. Yeah, that's bad, too. Um, on a more mundane level, I think eating would kind of pose a number of challenges. So. Yeah, only the astronauts. They'd be sitting there, happy as you please, eating their dinner out of their bags. Everybody else would just be in full freak-out mode. Yeah, like trying to run after their hamburger, which had floated off into bun the and pickle. over here, yeah. And the chopped bits of onion, and I'm sorry. It might the ketchup's be... just a globular thing floating out there. Yeah, yeah, that would be bad. So that would be a world without gravity, and we hope that uh, we may never encounter it. So if you want to tell us why you think gravity's cool or maybe not so cool, send us an email at sciencestuff at howstuffworks.com. Or go read about gravity over at the site. Yeah, and while you're at it, check out the blogs where uh, we handle any number of scientific subjects, uh, including uh, zombies from time to time. Thanks for listening, guys. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Want more HowStuffWorks? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage.